jump in while the jumping's good. That's right. You did Okay, it. ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all genders, welcome to Dear Anxiety. This is the show where we talk about mental health, we talk about mental well-being, we talk about how we relate to our thoughts and feelings. We position something like emotional fitness. Could there be such a thing? And if so, what would it be? We know what physical fitness is. Do we know what emotional fitness is? Maybe we do, but there really isn't that much time devoted to it. We're studying the brain. Let's see what emotional fitness is all about. Because we do a show called Near Anxiety, what we like to do, and by the way, I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm your co-host, and coming shortly is Rini Jane. Now, Rini, she is an expert in applied positive psychology. She studied with Martin Seligman at the University of Pennsylvania. She has a company called GoZen, which teaches resilient skills to kids, parents, adults, people, schools, mammals, all over the world through animation and creative play, which is amazing. So you really should go to GoZen.com. There's a lot of stuff you're gonna hear about, though, a lot of things that are going on, including the Confident Child Summit. So many things to get to. But on this episode of Dear Anxiety, we're talking about authenticity, and I wish I could speak to it, but I don't know what it means. Rini? I am here. You're up. So what did you say? I'm teaching to mammals? You're teaching to <laughs> mammals, which is good, mammalians. Yes. And, and, yes, and you're, yes, we're taking in whales you're taking, next week. Whales yes, are very smart, and it turns out they're very close to their emotions and thoughts. Unlike us, but they can actually project it. Well, never mind. That's our show on whales next week. This week is all about authenticity. <laughs> this in. week is all about authenticity. And authenticity, what are we getting at when we we say authenticity? Oh, it's such a good question. You know, I'm gonna turn to Brene Brown because I love her work and I love her, you know, her take on authenticity. So she says, to be authentic, we must cultivate the courage to be imperfect. And vulnerable. We have to believe that we're fundamentally worthy of love and acceptance just as we are. I've learned that there is no better way to invite more grace, gratitude, and joy into our lives than by mindfully practicing authenticity. Well, she's got some nerve, first of all. No, that's that's fantastic. And it is something to be practiced, isn't it? How would you go about doing that? How do you interpret that into your own life? You know, it's interesting because I think a lot of people and my parents included from, you know, when I was very young have always said, just be yourself. You know, you just have to be yourself. <laughs> but that's a really difficult thing as you're growing up because you're figuring out what that means and who you are and how to navigate the world. And does that mean that you bear your soul to every single person you meet? Does that mean like that you are, you know, always really, really, really super honest about how you feel? Like, what does it actually mean? So to me, I really think the way that I think about it is that there is an alignment between what your heart says and what your mind is telling you. Right. So there's true alignment from within. So often you're in a situation, you know, this used to happen to me all the time when I was growing up because I was not that up on current music. I, I blame my parents for making me watch too many Bollywood movies. <laughs> so when people would talk about, you know, I grew up in the 80s. So when people would talk about like pop culture and like especially when it came to music, I would have no idea who they were talking about, but I wouldn't want to be not included. I was worried about what the other person would think of me. 
And so I would pretty inauthentically, pretty disingenuously just agree. And you know what? You get in so much trouble when you do that because people start to ask you questions. (laughs) Like, do you like... Do you like Metallica? Oh, yeah. Metallica's oh. awesome. Like, not know one oh, song, you know? Tough. <laughs> Tough. Yeah. And, and your Sandman. That's a Metallica <laughs> song. I think I knew that one. Um, That's not bad. <laughs> that was it. So, you know, I think that there is a very clear line of being disingenuous as not being authentic. But if you're not being disingenuous and you're just kind of being quiet and maybe not being yourself... Is that being inauthentic? It's a really good question. What is authenticity? What is it to you, Ed? I think it's, to me, it's being connected to, to my, the spirit. And not to get too esoteric, but the authenticity is to be connected with it. It's, it's a state of being without effort. There's no effort to it because it's a, it's a thing of, of who you really you know, the kind of person that you really are. And it doesn't take work. It's not something that you put on. It's something that you are. When you're, when I'm sitting, when I'm sitting and I'm in a being state and I'm not worried about the past or the future, that's being, that to me is being authentic. Now, when does that happen? It's happened like four times in my life. It hasn't happened a lot, (laughs) but I haven't practiced it a lot too either. So, you know, but that's the feeling. I used to have a friend, and I don't know if this is authenticity, but mental health. I used to have a friend who said mental health is when your thoughts and your feelings and your spirit are in sync. They actually line up and that that's, mm-hmm. what, authentic, that's what mental health is. But he also, you could also say it's being mm-hmm. authentic. Yeah, absolutely. There again, you know, like I I really, really feel that what you're saying that so resonates with me, what your friend said, that alignment, you know, and I think that that's something that we can teach to kids at a very young age. They understand gut feelings. They understand feeling from the pit of their stomach or within their heart, but their thoughts, right? So their thoughts may be telling them something different. And so when, yes, you're what you are thinking and what you are feeling in your gut, and as you said, also your spirit are aligned this is when you're in full authenticity. But I also loved what you said. It doesn't take effort, right? Because that, even thinking about that might take a lot. You're thinking, oh my goodness, am I in alignment? You know, let me just check. Hold on. Let me let me check the alignment. Mm-hmm. It's like a tune-up for a car. But you don't have to. It should be, there should be an effortlessness to being authentic. And that often happens with practice. But how do we teach it to kids? Because that can be a tough thing. It seems like a sense to me. It's a sense that you have. You're sensing yourself, your true self. And oftentimes it's just so much noise. And how would you translate that? How would you, how would you teach it? I, I suppose that getting a sense of who you are sometimes is, is about not doing things and being still and being okay with that. How do you, te- how do you teach that to kids? So what you were about to say, how, how would you go about teaching it to kids? I think we need to teach them a few things. I need I think we need to teach them that you can show up in different ways in different situations and that can still be authentic, right? So you might have a part of who you are showing up with your school friends, so a part of a facet of your personality, a facet of who you are. You might have something that shows up in front of, you know, your relatives and that this can be okay to show different sides of yourself. 
because I think that can be confusing for kids. Otherwise, you have to be the same person in every situation. I think I think you can be authentic in different contexts, but show different sides of yourself. So that's something that I think we can teach to kids. But I also think we need to be really careful about not teaching them that it's just being comfortable because we use the word effortless right earlier. But I don't think that means comfortable because often what happens is you know, especially with kids that we're working with that are feeling anxious, they will associate, well, I don't really want to go to that party. I don't want to go into that group thing. I don't want to stand up in front of a group of people. I don't want to have this new experience because that makes me terribly uncomfortable. And being uncomfortable, I'm not being authentic to myself. I'm not listening to my inner voice. So I want to make sure that we're not confusing this idea that when you're being authentic, it's an effortless experience for you with It should be totally comfortable all the time because you can be in a place that pushes you. You can be in what I call, I'm now calling the ZOG. (laughs) This is my new, my new acronym, the zone of growth, right? You can push yourself, let's say, to go into a social situation that pushes you out of your comfort zone. And that can still be a place of authenticity. So all the things that I'm saying to teach kids is, I guess, to begin with what authenticity is not. It doesn't mean that number one, you need to bear your soul to everyone, right? You don't need to tell everyone everything. You probably don't do I that do. at work, Ed. I mean, I, you do. Because <laughs> I'm not well. I'm not do you well, come in and share your life story with everyone? That's, that's, that's me. That's not, that doesn't have to be everybody, <laughs> but that's me. I'm not well. No, no, no. But I do share a little bit of it. I do share a little bit of it. So authenticity right. is not oversharing. Oh, I have to be authentic. Right. So I have right. to tell everyone everything, right? Authenticity doesn't mean that you have to show up the same way in every situation to everyone. And authenticity is also not always remaining in your comfort zone. Well, that is, that is, uh, and that is, uh, yeah, (laughs) that is an interesting thing because you think about it, you think about your intention and you think about, you know, what you hear people say, well, what do you want to be with your, you know, I want to be happy. Most people, I think, are trying to be comfortable. I don't think most people are trying to be alive. I think they're trying to be comfortable. I, I think that this idea of that being comfortable is being okay and being well, and that's a goal, is really not helping, not helping us. No, it's it's definitely not helping. I think one thing that we can teach our kids when it comes to authenticity is not necessarily that they have to look inward. You know, it can actually be something where we are practicing authenticity by being really good listeners, for example, which puts you in the moment in order to be a good listener. Like, what are the skills that you need to be a good listener? And you're a great listener. So no, um, what would you say? The, the, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, the, uh, attention, Ed. the skills of being a great listener. Well, it's having an interest in, in other people and actually putting everything else aside so you can actually be present with somebody and so, and take somebody in. So it's stopping other things and focusing on what's happening with the other person. And I think that's I think that's part of it. That's beautiful. I think that I'm going to come back and say, based on what you said, that curiosity is really a path to authenticity, genuine curiosity. You know, like you said, where you're able to take in the other person, what the other person is saying So being a great listener can actually help you show up as your most authentic self. And that's something that we can teach to kids. They 
can often not be the greatest listeners, but they can be taught to be great listeners, right? They come into the world with a natural sense of curiosity, which is some of the best raw material for being curious. So I feel like that's one really beautiful pathway to kind of show up as who you are. Another thing that I think we need to teach kids, and we've talked about this before, is the ability to own your imperfections, right? We have, we've discussed this on previous episodes, but it's so incredibly important that we're not showing up as faking it, faking what we don't know. You know, I gave you that Metallica example earlier. I didn't know any of their songs. I clearly remember standing in the hallway in school and someone talking about it. And I just wanted to be kind of included in the conversation. And so I just started making stuff up, which became very clear very quickly, right, that I wasn't being genuine. And that is not a pathway to authenticity. And so just owning what we feel, because again, imperfections is subjective, right? Is it really an imperfection not to know their songs? Probably not. But to me, it was. So being able to own that is so incredibly important. And then being able to weather the storm of feelings when you feel like you kind of don't belong, you know, because you're being authentic. Well, I don't know any of those songs. I've never heard any of them before. So now I am being true mm. to myself because I don't. I didn't. Right. But then being able to bear this idea that these other people who are in this group thought I was strange or, you know, odd or, or whatever I thought that they thought, being able to, to weather that. And how are we able to weather those situations? We have to have really super strong roots. I don't know the quote that Brene Brown says. I'm going to reference her again. But she says something about there's no greater sense of belonging than belonging to yourself. And... That's one of those things that if you say to a kid, it's just going to it's going to go in one ear and out the other. I think if you say it to an adult, it's going to do the same thing. I think that is an experiential learning. You know, we can talk about it here, but I think that you come to that truth on your own through experience. There is nothing that's going to give me a greater sense of authenticity in this world than accepting myself as I am with all my beautiful imperfections. Yeah, that's very well very well said. And I also think, yeah, if you just talk about listening, being a good listener, well, it could be, the, the if you practice listening, you could be a better listener to listening to yourself. And if you're doing that, that's a communication too, is, is being able to listen to yourself and really pay attention to what your, really, your real self is saying to you. And just let that be there. Let that be part of your life. I think, Rini, one of the things that I'm going to make my mission is to really discuss Metallica with you more often. Because I don't think (laughs) that there's enough Metallica in you. (laughs) And I think you need to learn a lot about it. I don't know a lot about Metallica, but I uh, I know that it's important. I would I would love for you to teach me. I think that would heal my yeah, inner well, child. Yeah, well what's but what's really what's really important is that awkwardness that you know where we we don't say, I mean, how many times do you say in your life, I don't know. I don't know. I've never experienced it before. I don't know. I don't have the answer. I don't understand. These are all phrases that that can be part of your life. You it's okay that you don't understand. It's okay that you don't know. That's how, you know, that's how learning can take place. I don't know. Have you ever seen this movie? No, I've never seen it. I don't know what it is. Tell me about it. I love that. That was really hard for me to do as a kid. And I see my own children. I have a son and I have a daughter. 
They're six and they're seven, and they're so different in this way. My daughter has no issue whatsoever saying, I don't know. You know, she just shrugs, shrugs, shrugs her shoulders and says, I don't know, teach it to me, you know, so mm. easily. And my son, I, you know, and of course, I have, you know, whenever your kids do something that is something that you've done in the past, you're like, oh, that's just like me, <laughs> like me when I was a kid. My son will pretend he knows when clearly he doesn't, right? Or he'll pretend that he's done something when he hasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a gymnast. It's like you've never taken a gymnastics class or done any gymnastics ever. Mm. <laughs> but he's a, he's a gymnast, mm. you know. But my daughter, you know, didn't, the other day they were trying to do cartwheels and she didn't know how to do it. And she said, I don't know how to do it. You know, just it, and it was so easy for her. It came so easily to just state mm. that. And it was, you know, I saw it as so powerful to be able to step into the things that you don't know and say it without any issue. Whereas I could see my son thinking about it and thinking about it. Well, I don't want to say I don't know. Mm. Because once I say I don't know, that means that, well, there's something imperfect. Right. You know? Right. Well, that's a, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. And I, I think it happens for, for a lot of kids. I think your daughter is, you know, is rare. Jasmine is, is rare in that way. I think more kids think about it and worry about it. But did she just come into the world that way or was that something that she learned? She definitely had the, you know, the raw material, a disposition coming into the world with, I think, more of a growth mindset where she was open to saying, yeah, I don't know, you know, and teach me because I want to learn and I want to be challenged. But we often talk about it very explicitly. And I will say to her, I think it's really cool how you just said that you don't know. I think sometimes that's hard for people. And I think that she enjoys that, you know, so we so it's not just the praise, but we actually talk about it with curiosity. Like, why? Why would some people say that they know how to do something when they don't know how to do something? And what is the value of saying you don't know? And imagine how boring it would be if you knew everything. We talk about that often when it comes to your teachers would have nothing to do, you know, if they come home with some sort of schoolwork and then they don't know how to do something or they're getting a little frustrated and then we're like, yes, your teachers have something to do now when you go to school. <laughs> you know, they're able to teach you this because they really want to. That's why they're there. So, yeah, to answer your question in short, she definitely came into the world with a bit of a natural disposition to be open minded and to have a bit of a growth mindset. But we've worked on it a lot mm. as well. Mm. That's great. That's great. Well, it's also good that, that she can, you know, show that to her brother and he can they can interact on that on that basis. It's good to see somebody in your family who who does that. It's good to have a role model. I mean, I know, of course, you and your husband do, but it's good to have a sibling be able to do it. It's also good to see what doesn't work in the moment, you know, because we talk a lot about things about role playing and things you can do outside the moment and, you know, your limitations in the moment. And I see firsthand with my son that it would be very hard to change his opinion in the moment when he is saying, well, I know I'm a gymnast, you know, I already know this. And by the way, I'm not going to show it to you because I don't need to because I'm already perfect at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't want you to see any of the cracks, but, they're, but the cracks are who we are, right? They make us who we are because we'd all be robots otherwise, but he doesn't want you to see it. And so I see the struggle that you, if you have a child who doesn't want to step into their imperfections and their vulnerability and in that their authenticity, that this is something that cannot be taught or worked on in the moment, like many mm. things. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very challenging, but to have that, have that, dis have that discussion and to, and to explain and also share, you know, your experiences as a parent to your kid, 
you know, moments that, you know, things that you're not okay with or the imperfections that you have. I, I don't think that there's anything that really, uh, that really turns a kid and, and grabs their attention like a parent saying, this is challenging for me. This is something that I, I don't know how to do, or this is something that I'm learning, but it doesn't come easy to me. They think that just because you're a parent, your, your life is over. It's the end of learning and it's, you should know everything. And it's good for them to see that you don't. In my case, of course, I don't know anything. So it's fantastic for Shana because she can only go up from here. Yeah, I, I mean, so this connection between authenticity and, and acceptance, it, it, they really go hand in hand. Accepting what goes on and that, and that your limitations, not limitations, but imperfections is really key. Curiosity, we said. We said imperfection, accepting imperfection. And, you know, how do you teach this? How do you practice it? I think one of the things that we can teach our kids is to be an authentic friend, right? Because a lot of this is about the practice of authenticity. And some of the stuff that we talked about, heart and mind alignment, you know, and things like that, it might be hard for us. It will be easy for us to kind of plant the seeds, which I think is always super important and talk about it. And there are definitely practical things that we've talked about. Modeling when you don't know things, you know, modeling your own vulnerability and imperfection and kind of owning those things. But I think one thing that we can really practically teach our kids is to be authentic friends. I'm going to go back to Brene Brown because I've brought her up a few times during this podcast today. But in one of her books, The Gifts of Imperfection, she talks about having something happened to her that she felt ashamed of, right? So she's a shame researcher from the start. And one of the things that she says about feeling shame is that shame cannot stand to be spoken. When you speak about something shameful, it kind of dissolves the shame. It envelops the shame. Shame goes away when it's wrapped up with empathy. Okay, and I'm completely paraphrasing. I'm, I'm kind of doing this off the top of my head from what I know of her research. But one of the beautiful things that she writes about in that particular book is that she went to some parenting talk where they invited her to be the speaker. And it was, you know, it was she bombed, basically. It was a terrible event for her. She doesn't bomb that often. And she was feeling shame around this. Oh, my goodness. You know, what, I, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? How come they didn't like it? So she wanted to reach out to someone. But she says that there's all different kinds of friends that you reach out to when you're feeling something like this and things can go wrong when they're not being when it's not an authentic friendship. So can I talk about like the six things that she says can go wrong? <laughs> yeah. And then I think we can model some of those things. Okay. So let's, let's make a, let's create a concrete example. So maybe our own example. So do you want to, do you have an example of something that maybe didn't go so well for you, Ed? I don't have an example that anything that went well. So it's basically, <laughs> I can do, I have to do it reductively that way. Didn't go so well. Huh. Maybe an audition that didn't work out oh, or something? Oh, yeah. I auditioned okay. for a show called Six Feet Under for Alan Ball, who's the guy who wrote American Beauty, and he was he's a big writer. And the show was a big show at the time for HBO. And it was just me and Alan Ball. And I went into a room and basically was not myself and tried really hard. And he wasn't putting any pressure on me whatsoever. It was all me. And I, of course, did not get the part and was very upset with myself and really blew the opportunity, I felt. Okay, so I want you to tell me a, just like a little bit about that story 
right? So reach out to me as a friend and say this, you know, I messed up this audition. So we're going to do a role play. Let's get ready to role play. And I'm going to do it wrong several times. Okay. So I, um, you know, so I, I got a call, uh, Alan Ball, six feet under, it was a big deal. I went in and I just couldn't, I couldn't, he asked, he said, take your time. And I sped up and I did everything <gasps> Oh, oh my awful. goodness. That's horrible. I, ugh, yeah, that's horrifying. I blew it. Yeah, I blew it. I'll never get another opportunity. Yeah, oh my goodness. That, yeah, that's terrible. I, I just, I don't know what to say besides, oh, that's ugh, horrible. Okay, this, good this example. Is, yes, this is the friend who kind of hears the story and sort of is feeling the shame for you, mm -hmm. right? I am feeling the pain for you, but not in a helpful way. I'm like gasping mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes there's awkward silence. And then it, it, sometimes in those situations, you end up making the other person feel better, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, because this is really funny, I did have a therapist who when I told her bad news, she would have a bigger reaction than I would. Oh, my goodness. So, in other words, I yeah. would say this happened and that happened and it didn't go so well. And she'd go, what? <laughs> I stopped being authentic with her because I wanted to stop her reactions. Yeah, that is, see that, and if that were your friend, that is not the authentic response that you're looking for. Okay, so try me again. I'm going to do something else. Okay, same story? Same story. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so... So I go, I get the audition, I go in, I'm preparing, I'm working on it, I'm doing it, I'm in the lobby, I'm at, I'm at CBS, I'm going in, and then all of a sudden I go in, it's just me and Alan Ball in the room, and I'm like, there's no producers, there's no anything, and then all of a sudden, um, he says, whenever you're ready, and I started reading, and I wasn't even remotely connected to the material, I mean, I could have been reading it off the page. Oh, no. And he looks disappointed, and... He's like, I heard good things about you. And it was just a complete and utter failure. Oh, I feel so sorry for you. This keeps happening. Oh, my goodness, you poor thing. Bless your heart, Ed. I just feel I just feel sorry for you. <laughs> so so if that were my friend, I, I would just drive my car into the ocean. Because I feel so sorry. You're like, you know what? Life isn't for everybody. That would be my response. You know, like, you know what, Ed? Maybe life is... isn't for everybody. Maybe you're better off dead. So this is sympathy expressed. I mean, my acting is, you know, my skills need to be sharpened, obviously, because I'm cracking up because it's ridiculous, right? I feel sorry for you is really like horrible sympathy as opposed to empathy, which is like, I get it and I feel you and I've been there and, and just saying bless your heart, which is something I would never say anyway. It's just like not in, it's just like not in, not in the way that I speak. Right. So I think that it's, it's funny because definitely I know someone who would do that, but that is really not the authenticity that you're looking for in a friend. Okay. Let's try one more in a, you know, one more role play gone wrong. Okay. I can't believe this. I, I got this great opportunity. You know, I was going in and I was going to go in and, and, and just, you know, I mean, this was a chance. This, well, well what I happened? Blew it. No, I blew it. It didn't work? I completely blew it. Oh, yeah. Oh, you blew Big it? Time. Big time. Oh, Ed, how did you let that Big happen? Time. No. Uh, what you were know, you thinking? It was awful. It was awful. Oh, my goodness. Come I know. on. I know. You got to be better than that, Ed. 
We've talked about this so. What were you thinking? How could you blow it? Come so here's on. The, here's the the on the other end. You're getting worse criticism than from yourself. It's <laughs> yes. fantastic. You're being scolded. This is the critical party. You're this being is the criticism scolded, chief. So yes. that doesn't really work. We know that that doesn't work. No, that does not work. That does not work. Can I do one more that doesn't work? Because I'm this having so much fun. <laughs> okay, let's try one more. You know, I got to tell you, you know, I went in, the audition was 12 o'clock, and I have to tell you, by 12.05, my career was over. Oh, my goodness. That's nothing. That's nothing. Do you know what happened to me? Okay, just this one time, like 80 years ago, but it's so important that you hear this right now. So I went in um, for an interview. This is for fifth grade because I wanted to get into the class. And I, and I didn't get it. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. I mean, how, how could they do that to me? I was only in fourth I, grade. Uh, for, first of all, I'm, <laughs> I love the fact that you went in for an interview in fifth grade. And, and I, I, I love your, you know, the buildup because that's called the takeaway, I think. That's a that's an Olympic. Yeah. It's the one upper. upper. I yeah, call it the one upper. That's a great one. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah. These are very entertaining. You, we all know the one upper. We all know the one upper who cannot listen to your story. And then all of a sudden they have to, they listen to it actually, but then they take it and they make it about themselves because they're trying to empathize. We have it with, with, with an erotic family, which I come from a great family, but an erotic family, you know, people try to one up their illnesses. You think I have a problem. You have a problem. I have a bigger problem and it's, I've got shooting pains in my feet. What am I going to do about that? And so everybody always tries to outdo what their issue is. And that's one upping, you know, from bad. Yeah. Like what you were just doing there, bad news, but it's actually hysterically funny because it's like they're arguing over, you know, my, my, my trauma is bigger than your trauma. Yes, totally. And then it's like, oh, you'll never believe this. Yeah. You think Wait, you have, have something you're lucky. You. You're, yeah, I wish yes. I were you. Now what works though? What is it that, that we could actually do that works? What's a model that, that could work? Almost anything could work better than those things, but. <laughs> yeah, those were horrible. You know, true empathy and compassion. And again, this episode is about authenticity and one pathway to teaching our kids how to be authentic themselves is really to be an authentic friend, to be a great listener, to express empathy and compassion. And it takes practice. For some, it comes so naturally. It's just, a, you know, it's just who they are and how they are. And for others, for other kids, it takes practice. So let's try it. Okay. So, uh, Rini, I went, I went for this audition and, uh, you know, Alan Ball, he, he's running um, Six Feet Under and he's got other shows oh, yeah. and, you know, and I went in and um, read for him. And this was a guest star part and this would have been recurring and um, it just didn't go well, you know. I just oh. really blew it, and I just wanted to—I just wanted to die. Wow! Oh, that's so hard. Yeah. I can—I can't imagine how hard that yeah, is. It, I've totally kind of done something like that before, and I know that feeling must be terrible. Oh yeah, the feeling is like you know, the feeling is like your heart sinks, and you're like. Maybe I really, I'm not an actor. I'll never make it. You know, all those extreme thoughts and feelings that you have and you just want to, you just want to hide and you just don't feel good about yourself. You know, I feel, I still feel really bad about myself and second guessing my, I hear my you. abilities. Yeah. I hear you. I, I think I remember you talking about it a few weeks ago. So I know it was really important to you yeah. and what a disappointment, you know, that that happened. That's so hard. Yeah. 
I have. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been through a couple of things like that before. So I know that it can take some time to get over that disappointment. And I just, are you, are you doing one of those things where you're sort of rewinding it in your yeah. head? Yeah. And things that I could have done differently. Yeah. Of course, as soon as you come out of there, you're like, I, I wish I could go back in and I could do these, I could do this thing that would change it, but I didn't have the confidence to ask for doing it again. Um, because I felt so badly about myself. And that that's happened a lot in my auditions. Yeah, I hear mm. you. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm giving you a huge, I wish we were in person together. I'm giving you a huge hug. Thanks. And I'm here for you. Thanks. I get it. I get, I get the pain of that. Thanks. I really mm. do. Thanks. We have a winner! Sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes someone has something really terrible happen in their life and we don't know what to say, but we just try our best to really listen, to not make it about us, um, to really step into their struggle. And we model that for our kids. We role play with our kids. Please role play with your kids. If you've been listening to Dear Anxiety and you've never tried it, try it and let us know how it went for you. Yeah, and you can do it for any, and you can, with smaller kids, if you exaggerate, they love it. And with teenagers, just listening and mirroring back to them what you hear them say and what you hear them feel and express to you is like a magic, it's like pixie dust. It's like a magic thing. You'll be very surprised if you haven't experienced that already. And I'm sure, I'm sure that most of you have. I had something on my mind and I, oh yes. Now, you know, this is just a little thing. We, there is no one in the world that is better at being worse than I am. I do all the things that you should not do. And I've said this before, I am the before. Rini is the after, I'm the before, and I do all the things that you should not do. And that's why we have a segment called Don't Try This at Home. That's right. Don't try it. Do not even think about it. And now we have a special thing. We're talking about authenticity on today's episode, of course. And as you know, I love apps and I have no idea how to use them. So this is a new one that I'm trying and it's called Truy. And Truy is an app that alerts you when something is authentic or not authentic in media or your personal life. It's an app. I just downloaded it. I'm trying it out. It has three different colors that light up and tell you when something is true or authentic and gives you a one-line suggestion of what to do. So I think green is true, what I see. Yellow is be cautious and red is false, not authentic, a lie. So, Rainy, try this app with me here for a second. And it's a voice activated. So let me just ask you a question and you can respond. And Truy will tell me if it's true or authentic. Okay, let's do okay, it. Okay, so Rainy, how do you feel about climate change? Um, people have been saying that the world is going to end for some time now, some years. I think it'll all be okay. And the Truy app, I read it, I punch it, it has an immediate reaction in real time. The light is bright red, it's flashing, and Truy says to me, consider eliminating this person from your contacts. Oh no. <laughs> so that's the Truy app. Now it also works with online media and print. Here's a headline, and let's see if this is true and authentic. The headline reads, children and creepy middle-aged weirdos swept up in Harry Potter craze. That's the headline. 
And the Truy app says, uh-oh, must have premium account for this feature. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Truy. All right, that's not good. Well, this is why I never use apps. I probably should go back to trusting my own sense of authenticity, but I really don't trust that. So I will keep trying apps, but I will not pay. The only automatic withdrawals I can allow come from my coffee intake and not my bank. Don't try this at home, kids. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for putting up with that. <laughs> Truy. The Truy app. Um, all right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The Truy app. And if you guys are into technology, then we hope that you will check out Dear Anxiety on iTunes, which is at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Dear Anxiety. Although you might be listening to this on iTunes. So you're like, of course, I'm listening on iTunes right now. But you might be listening on Google Play or Stitcher or somewhere else. We thank you very much for listening and spread, spreading the word. And don't forget, everyone, you can get a printable now to go along with this show if you go to gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. And, and uh, if you want to write us, if you want to share something with us, if you want to tell us about a role play or tell us about authenticity teaching your child or something that you learned from your child that helped you be more authentic as a parent, tell us about that. How can they do it, Rini? I'm going to tell everyone to go to the same URL because I feel like we've been giving out too many at the end, which might be confusing. So listen, there's just one. gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety. You will find a contact form on there. You will find this week's printable on there. You will find all the places that we published this podcast on there. So gozen.com forward slash dear anxiety is where it's at. And if you're able to share the podcast, let's build a community here that we can help each other with so many things. Let's build a community by sharing the podcast with one other person. And please subscribe. Keep coming back at Works If You Work It. I'm Ed Krasnick. I'm Rini Jane. We will see you next time and be your authentic self right on. Thanks, guys. I think there's a big event coming up very soon. There's lots of things that are happening at gozen.com. It's going to be done once this Well, airs. then we're not going to talk about it. But That's it right. would have been. But wasn't that <laughs> Confident Child Summit amazing?